Hello and welcome back to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen. I am your host. Joined today by two familiar friends after taking some time off for Thanksgiving. We typically do. I Honestly, it's the thing I hate most about my carrying out of this podcast. I mean, you guys have done this long enough. I'm pretty consistent with this. You know, I put it out pretty much every week. I try to have an episode out, but consistently every single year I run into the issue that Thanksgiving week is just a nightmare to put together any semblance of any type of podcast. And it's really the most like important football week of the year because that's when the most people are watching it. So I, I, I'm a little bit pissed off at myself about that. I, I'm going to make a promise to our listeners right now. There will be a Thanksgiving week episode, even if it's just me by myself talking into a mic for 15 minutes next year. We are definitely going to have a Thanksgiving week episode. Thank you for bearing with me. I know it's a joke that this amateur football podcast did not have a football podcast on the most important week of the football year, in my opinion. So just bear with us and uh, we'll, we'll we'll fight through. But that that that's not happening next year because it makes me physically ill that I can never figure out how to put out a podcast on Thanksgiving. But now that that bemoaning is out of the way, joined by Mason Bradford. Mason is joining me in the Needs a Haircut Club. Uh, for sure. I've got one scheduled on Thursday. Uh, but the locks are getting a little bit too long for me. I, I typically, I, I used to have them really long, but uh, yeah, you, you look like you need a haircut, Mason. Uh, I won't lie. It's definitely not, uh, you know, in the best of conditions at the moment, but it is getting colder here in Buffalo. So I do tend to let it get a little bit longer in the winter uh but one day i'll get annoyed with it and i'll get my clippers out and i'll take care of it all wow so you do home home style haircuts i do i actually i do my whole family haircuts oddly enough uh wife included she is a very brave soul for letting me not only give her bangs but layer her hair so uh Oh, do you, do you have some kind of classical training in this, Mason? None at all. Uh, YouTube's an absolutely wonderful place for the uh, motivated human being who wants to learn a thing or two and get better at stuff. Great. No, I, I would agree with that. I would say one of my major hobbies is like bartending, and I, I get most of my tips and tricks from, from, hey, you, from YouTube. Should, so so that's totally fair. That. So that's totally fair, even though I, I'm... Everybody does dry January. I've decided I'm doing dry December. Yeah. Oh. Taking taking a break over the holidays. But that's that's just me. Bradford, you're a man clean and sober, probably. I'm I'm betting good Canadian boy, good Canadian boy like you probably doesn't get into much trouble. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm 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 doing all right. I, I have a couple of notes on the conversation that's preceded uh, my, my entrance here. Number one, I, I will say as a, as a proud Canadian, I'm, I'm very happy I'm immune to such Thanksgiving weaknesses. And number two, I would love to get a haircut from Mason sometime. I imagine he is he is very steady with the scissors and and kind and loving uh, in, his, in his hair cutting duties. And I would love to experience that uh, uh, someday. 
I do provide a loving kiss on the forehead right at the end yeah, as well. It's like, There's, it's, does that cost extra for the haircut? It does not. It does not. Deal? No, it's it's a package deal. It comes into it, you know, uh, you get a little tickle and then, you know. <laughs> no offense to Mason, but you would have to pay me at least $350 to get a haircut from Mason. Uh, oh, I, it would yeah. be the, the best that, okay, dollars that's ever been spent. The I, fact I pro- that a woman I, trusts him to cut her hair tells me he's good. I like I, I got I usually would like my, my ex-girlfriend used to cut my hair all the time and it's fine because I'm a guy. But like for a for a girl, man, hair is important. And the fact that my hair is important. Level of trust my hair is the best quality about me, Bradford. You don't understand that. <laughs> I'm generally kind of an ugly little guy. But my hair, oh my god, my hair is precious and beautiful, and 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 I, yeah, I need to take care of it. I only take it to the finest salons. You do yourself, you do yourself a disservice. You you have a very lovely smile too. I like to point that. I like, I like, I like the little grin that you get whenever you're 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 happy. Which these days, thanks to the Denver Broncos, seems few and far between. But I, I appreciate that, Bradford, and thank you for dragging us into football talk. Yes, it is Broncos Sadness Corner, which you have all tuned in to uh, to enjoy here. So uh, here it goes. Uh, some some fun facts. Since we last recorded, the Broncos defense decided not to cover Devontae Adams, decided that he was not really that important to play defense on and allowed a 35-yard touchdown in overtime to a wide-open man, as well as allowing Derek Carr to lead a 20-second touchdown drive after Russell Wilson threw a pass to the ground instead of even near his wide receivers, or even taking a sack, which would have run out the clock and given the Raiders literally 10 seconds to work with. And then you thought, oh, it can't get any worse than this. Well... Then, you know, there was the Panthers, and you were like, oh, okay, P.J. Walker, they probably... No, Sam Darnold was a quarterback. Well, they'll never lose to Sam Darnold, they say, you know. Bradford's in my ear saying, Eric, there's no way you lose to Sam Darnold. And here we are. They lost (laughs) Sam Darnold, uh, Bill Barnwell. uh, I read his article yesterday. Just stunning, stunning, stunning how bad Russell Wilson has gotten. Uh, I don't know if either of you have read that Bill Barnwell article, but it is wild. He went from something like last year even, like the eighth most efficient quarterback in the red zone with like a score of something like 30 or 40 to this year being by far the worst with a score of, get this, six. Six. Uh, um, that's a really terrible efficiency score to get. Six is not good. Um, and uh, you know, the defense is starting to give up a little bit, as is expected. You know, Mike Purcell is yelling at Russell Wilson on the sideline, and Russell Wilson is saying, "Yeah, man, me, and Mike, we're, we're on the same page." He was just fired up. He said, "You know, let's have him go." And I, I, you know, I was like, "Hey, it's, it's time to respond." Well, you didn't have him go, Russell Wilson. You fucking sucked instead. So that's it's just kind of the way, the way this has been. Maybe instead of you know, let's fucking go. Maybe stop fucking sucking because you suck. You're the worst, and I don't like you. You are the least likable human being 
in the world, and yet he still does things that are good for the community. I get it. He's a nice guy. He spent his birthday at a children's hospital. This is why it's hard, because I can't fully hate him, because he does seem, despite being a corny Christian science robot, to be a genuinely nice guy and good person, but also stop ruining my life, please, because I am not having fun anymore. That is the Broncos corner. I just got wonderful news that the Chiefs and Broncos have been flexed out of prime time. What a joy. I was going to have to do an emergency podcast with Bradford late on a Sunday night, and I no longer have to do that. Thank you, NFL. At least, I mean, sorry, Mason. Well, I'd like to be clear that they flexed the Chiefs out of prime time because, because the Broncos are so bad that they're willing to put the choke artists of the Chargers in there against the Dolphins to watch them slaughter them. Like, they're okay with letting a probable blowout go in there to not watch the Broncos lay down and die against the Chiefs. And it really was unfortunate for you guys that Sam Darnold decided to not attend a spin-the-bottle party this week and to show up <laughs> to play some football. Darnold played well in that game. Like, as hilarious as it is that the Broncos – I honestly thought Darnold looked more capable than any other Panthers quarterback had up to this point in the season. So maybe there is a little something there. I, I, I'm slightly sad that we won't get that emergency podcast because we would have gotten two potentially very funny outcomes. We have Eric's reaction to Melvin Gordon rushing for like 100 yards against them or Eric getting to be on the other side of a Melvin Gordon fumble which I see as an equally likely possibility, maybe giving him a little bit of happiness in this dark, dark football world. Speaking of which, why? Why, why are the Chiefs signing Melvin Gordon? What's, listen, I know I'm eating good out here. I can't complain. And this becomes a Chiefs segment. No, 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 no. unsurprising. No, 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 no. It I'm is Broncos Sadness Corner, Brad. Well, I'm getting you no made it about the Chiefs. It's not about, I'm trying to make you feel better, Eric. We we took Melvin Gordon. You're That's... not successful. I do not feel better. As far as fumbles are, are uh, can we please highlight the Sam Darnold fumble into the end zone for a touchdown? I mean, I mean, it's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's despicable. It's it's every word. You know, it it makes me you know. I had to work late on Saturday night. BYU didn't kick off until 9 p.m., the bastards. I didn't walk in my house from work until Mason. 3.45 in the morning. And I woke up at 11 a.m. to watch the Broncos get embarrassed like Sam Darnold. What am I doing with my life? Like, legitimately, what am I doing with my life? 
I should have just slept. I should have just slept through it. And honestly, I did. I slept through the first quarter because, again, I was working late and didn't get home until 3.45 in the morning. I woke up. I turned on the TV. They were down 13 to 3. I said, oh, they might come back. They never came back. They never even came close. They had 10 opportunities in the red zone. They screwed all of them up. Why? Just why? Why is this happening to me? Nothing is getting better. I don't care anymore. I don't care. But clearly, you I say do. That every week, like yeah, I, I, another I thing about that game too. Even when they do score, it is the most miserable. I know, experience. Bradford. I have a problem. That one, oh. that the one touchdown that they scored, that was the worst scoring drive I've ever seen in my entire life. That entire thing was like fifteen minutes of agony to watch. I. I don't, I don't even know what you what you say at this point. The touchdown was like so bad too. He's wide open and he has to dive for the ball. I mean, I and then can I and you see him praying and I think the prayer was question? like, please get me off the Broncos. Can like, I, that was why he was praying for. Can I ask you both a legitimate question? Why yeah. are either of you intently watching Broncos games? I get immense joy out of their losses. I want to make that incredibly clear to you. I'm not sure Mason's motivations, but me myself, as someone who has passionately despised the Broncos for a good half a decade now, I, I enjoy I enjoy their failure quite quite a bit. So that I, I gain that interest out of it. Also, at a certain point, you know, it's like Al Michaels said, a football game can be so bad it's good. And I find the Broncos engage in that almost weekly to this point. So that's why I, I disagree. Watch. I disagree. I hardcore disagree with that because I know what you're talking about, and that's not what the Broncos are. So you have an emotional. You, you, you're you're letting your emotions cloud your subjective judgment. There is something absolutely hilarious about watch. Oh, uh, did you see Nathaniel Hackett's comments today? Oh my god, he literally goes on the record to say it is everybody but Russell Wilson's fault, basically hilarious like he's like the receivers need to be better the offensive line needs to be better the defense needs to be better shut up did you you see the mike garofalo report that just dropped that broncos teammates were already sick of russell wilson in training camp because of the goofy stunts i mean you can fire Nathaniel Hackett. That's fine. He probably sucks. I mean, he probably does suck. He like, definitely sucks. Like, he, he does suck. But, like, I mean, it only gets it only gets darker. Yeah, there's <laughs> no only... future from here. Like, I keep, like, trying to find where a silver lining exists. It, but you it don't only even gets have a darker. to look for. You're like, Russell Wilson is here to stay for a while because nobody's taking that contract. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Nathaniel Hackett is not going to Oh, my fired. God. He is. Nathaniel Hackett will be fired in the offseason, but I'll tell you why. The, the Broncos are married to Russell Wilson, whether they like it or not, and maybe there can be hope that he turns it around a bit. But they need Nathaniel Hackett to be the fall man for this year, right? And if you fire Nathaniel Hackett midseason, maybe the team gets marginally better. Russell Wilson will still be garbage, and they won't have the Nathaniel Hackett excuse to blame. Nathaniel Hackett will coach this team for the rest of the year. I'm willing to bet on it, and he'll be dispatched in the offseason because they need Russell Wilson to have an excuse and then go into next year with you know, some false hope that maybe he turns it around. Because if you fire him, 
Russ has no more excuses. Not that he really has any now. He's horrific. But like, if you lose the Hackett blame card, then what do you have? What do you do? Like, you're stuck. Only darkness. Only darkness. This is the <laughs> worst trade in NFL history, and it's not yeah. close. There's no, no trade. Wait. That... Herschel Walker? Herschel Walker. I don't know. Herschel Walker's up there for sure. But at least Herschel Only Walker darkness. gave the Vikings some production. Only like, darkness. At the very least. This is just this is just agonizing only darkness. Okay, so the only thing I think that makes it probably the worst no trade light. is a tangential like bit of circumstance Nothing and the fact left. that Geno Smith has been awesome. Yeah, that also helps as well. It's but no, it is it is only it is really funny. I, if if you'll if you'll indulge me for a good free me from this moment. <laughs> If you'll indulge me for a good few seconds, <laughs> just to wrap up Bronco's sadness corner, I thought it was funny. I, I like reading the NFL power rankings that the NFL subreddit puts together. And usually it's just like short little snippets about the teams, right? Written by a fan of the team. Like the team did this well, the team did this bad. This week, the Denver Broncos were 31st. And instead of your typical like on the power, well, 31st is a reasonable spot. But instead of yeah. like your typical little description about the week, this is all he wrote. <clears throat> if you'll indulge me. Put him at 32. I watched the prosperity of a nameless people undone by a forgotten king. I stood by as rushing water took the lives of playing children. Wind carved through the rock across uncounted centuries. And when the final precarious stone was toppled, I was there to see it. My influence is potent and it reaches all things. Well, I feel neither remorse nor joy. My mark upon the fabric of life is indelible. Hope is not my enemy. It is the canvas upon which my pernicious brush performs its work. Joy exists in a fixed amount. For each measure of it, so too must there be an equivalent portion of sorrow by whose agency I am driven. Time alone may lessen the stain of my touch. I originate from a place no light escapes. The one place where darkness glows so fiercely as to divert nearly all eyes. The misfortune of those who cannot fly from my nest is greater than any low fate I have gazed upon through timeless eons. My name is Failure. My home is Mile High Stadium. And I, over Broncos country, preside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that what was... What did you say? What, what did he say? What was the line about hope? Um... Essentially, hope is a false joy, and that uh, uh, sorrow is 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 uh, uh, inevitable, and the pain yeah. of his life can only be lessened by, by yeah. time. Yeah, I'd say the only away. thing that can free me at this point is the cool grip of death. Broncos <laughs> uh, it, it, country, let's die. <laughs> it's at uh, least you have the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, there's always something. What did a lot of snow just take out Mile High Stadium? Is that? Yeah. This and went, at this least went on too long. You have <laughs> a weather advantage over us. I can't speak for for Mason and Buffalo, but I will tell you right now, Alberta is a frigid wasteland right now. I imagine Utah is at least a little nicer. You can look snowing. on the bright side of these things. It's snowing. It's I'm snow. Nice. Wow. Snow. It's it's, it's minus twenty five outside right now. Snowing and cold. Wait, no. Celsius, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's what in normal people terms. No, Celsius uh, is normal people's terms. I don't I know it's, it's not you goddamn Canadian. It's still super low. I mean that's still less I think sub zero in Fahrenheit. 
It's cold, is what I'm saying. And now, you have it, you and, have it nice. And welcome to the conversion podcast. <laughs> I won't allow that. I what won't is a meter? I will uh, not I know allow that. that a centimeter <laughs> that there's 2.54 centimeters in an inch. I do know that. Have you guys been tracking the Russell Wilson touchdowns to toilets ratio? Oh, please, don't no, see no, this year. can we just move <laughs> on? Please? Can he score more touchdowns than toilets he has in his house? The magic number is twelve, by the way. So, oh, by the way, the Avalanche are losing four nothing to the Winnipeg Jets. Wonderful. Uh, that is rough. Hey, at least you don't live in Winnipeg. <laughs> That's that's a plus. I can't imagine. A, a... I'd rather live in Winnipeg, but <laughs> there's literally an album written about how horrible it is. Oh, Act. yeah, I guess. Man, this went on way longer than I wanted it to. But this is just kind of a, the sadness. That's that Bronco sadness. Over. That's Bronco sadness. That's what the people want to hear. I I came here to talk about the Broncos. To be honest, this is Bronco sadness. <laughs> I think that's the motto of this season for the Broncos is this went on longer than I wanted. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, well, now I'm dejected. So I, ne- I need Mason, who's laughing and the most jovial of us, to tell me one thing this week in the NFL, one big storyline that caught your eye, one thing that you were really excited about. And then we'll, we'll hit Bradford with one and then – We'll do some quarterback talk, and I think that's a good way to look at where the league's at right now. So the thing that excited me most on Sunday was that Jags game. That finish of that game was some of the most exciting football that I've seen that wasn't my own team in a long time, just from pure investment standpoint. Like, man, it it just – Every bit about that last drive got my juices flowing and the last touchdown and that two-point conversion because Doug Peterson is an absolute madman and I love every bit of it. And it, it was just, it was some special stuff to watch. And it, it felt like that moment where a team is kind of turning a corner and they might stop being bad all the time and stop being just like, a laughing stock that's going to get walked over by the majority of teams that's coming after them. Like it took a lot of metal to get that drive done and they did it. Yeah, I, I agree. It was big to finally, finally see the Trevor Lawrence moment. You know, we, uh, we've talked about that on the show a lot of times and I hear this parroted a lot on other NFL shows. I love that. I'm insinuating that they're copying us, but absolutely. Um, are. Absolutely. But, uh, Trevor Lawrence has had chances to win a lot of these games, and it just never fully happens for him. Guys dropping dimes out there. What a what a drive. What a call. This this Jaguars team, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think this is going to be a season of moral victories down there uh, for our friends in Duval County. That's 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 how I'm feeling. I think this is a team that maybe banks like a good eight wins on the season this year, and then next year. They're going to be a, a sleeper pick for the playoffs. I think a lot of people are going to make. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. They have a lot of very winnable games left on their schedule. They got the Lions. They got the Titans twice. They got the Texans. I mean, and if Mike White comes back to earth, they got the Jets too. I mean, that is a pretty juicy looking schedule for a team that might want to add some wins to their schedule. 
I will not tolerate Mike White slander. That is my story of interest for the week. Oh my God, I know it's the Bears defense, but Mike White is so good. And I, I said this last year. I, I was like, he had one of the best debuts a quarterback has had in NFL history against uh, poor YB's Cincinnati Bengals. And then he has a pretty solid performance the next week, playing part of it, gets injured. And then he has one bad game with a bunch of tipped interceptions. And they're like, never again. Man, people, the real ones knew Mike White was was the answer that the Jets had all along. I don't care if he's a mediocre quarterback. This Jets defense is incredible. Sauce Gardner is the best defensive back in the league. This is a special defense with a quarterback that can get the job done. Look how he unlocked Garrett Wilson. Look how Elijah Moore finally isn't acting like he's being held hostage in an internment camp. <laughs> like it is, it is happy times in New York City. And Mike White is the cause of it. And on the flip side of that, what is going through Zach Wilson's head right now? My goodness. You we just watched a man's soul die on that bench. Wow. I think he's worried he's about to end up on the Panthers. <laughs> that might be what happens. He's the I, I highly doubt Zach Wilson is a New York Jet next year. I, I think he's burnt the bridge. I think he's shown that he is up to this point not even remotely capable of mediocre quarterback play. He's the worst quarterback in the league. Like, it's – that's – Well, and when, no when you get benched and your coach will openly admit to reporters that you didn't handle it well, like, that's not a good look. So – I've totally withdrawn from this podcast over the last, uh, you know, about five minutes. I don't know. Something about that Broncos sadness corner really took the life out of me. Um, I apologize. I, I also just saw this tweet that said, quote, according to Tom Pelissero, Nathaniel Hackett has not lost the locker room, but quote, <laughs> Russ has lost some people around that team. He has lost some people in that locker room. So that's wonderful. So now we're we're just full on like firestorm mode. Like that's that's great. That's that's just it's just really wonderful that that's that's the way my life is going now. They're so. about to hand the Seahawks the second overall pick. Yeah. Man. Sadness. Hey, you gotta you gotta I, look I, on... I need you guys to like well, I think what would rejuvenate a lot of people is talking about some nice quarterbacks. And I know Russell Wilson's not one. I get before but there before are a lot we, of nice ones. Before we get to the quarterback, and Mike White's not one of them. I'm not gonna hear that. <laughs> before before we get to the quarterback, Eric, I want you to give me an NFL story that made you happy this week. There's gotta be at least Ooh. one. You gotta, gotta reflect be. on some joy in your life. You can't you can't let one sports team define your happiness i've made that mistake many years in the past before listen i've lived and died by the edmonton oilers for years Oof. you just you can't you can't let yourself be be uh, 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 tortured by a team that is you know so irredeemable you know give me a story that made you happy okay what ultimately makes me happy in the nfl let me think you know what? You know what it makes me happy? The Cincinnati Bengals. The go. Cincinnati Bengals make me happy. Because as much as Bradford wants to poo-poo them and, and toss them off to the side and say they've got a mediocre little 
operation going on over there. They just went into Tennessee, played stellar defense, shut down Derrick Henry. Oh, and Joe Burrow's playing the best ball he's played since the end of last season. He has looked like a legitimate top five to six quarterback in the last three weeks. Oh, and during that time, T. Higgins has established himself as an absolutely unstoppable monster that half the league can't cover. Oh, and they're getting Jamar Chase back. And they're doing this all without Joe Mixon. And the offensive line is starting to gel. I'm excited about the Cincinnati Bengals. I think there is a legitimate chance to be had that they are the dark horse again in the AFC. They're the team that if Bradford was Bradford and if Mason was Mason, you two should be deathly afraid of the Cincinnati Bengals because they could absolutely go into Arrowhead or go into Buffalo and pull some kind of a wacky upset in round one of the playoffs. They you are, don't have to manufacture fear good. about the Bengals for me. I have I have suffered, Eric. But um, no, I <clears throat> listen, the Bengals are going to be a playoff team. I think at this point, you can almost consider them favorites to win the division with the way the Ravens have been stumbling over themselves. Like, I mean, let's not – the Bengals won on a roughing the long snapper penalty. Let's not act <laughs> like it was some heroic effort. But, no, they've they've got a, a defense that's bought in. Joe Burrow is awesome. Uh, yeah, they got – and Jawar's coming back to play the Chiefs, and he will, I'm sure, once again, pop off for like 140 against them, as he always does. So, Bengals fans should be pretty happy. All right. I'm reju- I'm rejuvenated a little. You're rejuvenated. That is. I'm good. rejuvenated a little bit. Please, can we not mention Russell Wilson or the Broncos again this episode? That, that I mean, if we're it. talking about top ten quarterbacks, I don't <laughs> think we're gonna have a problem. Yeah, I don't think we'll have an issue either. Uh, I would I would put Russ squarely at the bottom of the quarterback rankings. Um, so. Let's talk about top 10 quarterbacks. Let me pull up my safari really quick. Let me pull up this thing and let's let's just do this thing, man. Let's 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 do this thing here and let's talk about the top 10 quarterbacks and let's start at 10. And I think the way I want to do this is we'll go around the circle. I'll have each of someone bring a quarterback to the table for each of these spots. And then we can just kind of go free form. We'll talk about who we each have at 10. We can debate. We'll talk about who we have a spot higher to, and then we can kind of take averages. So, which may not work super well because I'm bad at math, but we are going to give this a try. It might get confusing, so buckle up. Bradford, why don't you start us up? Who is the 10th best quarterback in the NFL right now? The 10th best quarterback in the NFL. This is actually the one that I struggled with the most. But I'm going with someone who has worked their way up to that place in the past few weeks. Unfortunately, been injured uh, the past one. But I think Justin Fields deserves the number 10 spot. He has been absolutely electric for weeks now and has been heading one of the most exciting offenses in the league uh, in the form of the Chicago Bears, which nobody really saw coming. But I was was thinking about, you know, Brady and Rodgers. And up to this point, I mean, Justin Fields has outplayed them. He's been absolutely electric. Unfortunately, the Bears are still garbage, and I'm sure Mooney being done for the season is probably going to hurt his numbers going forward. But 
I think he's earned it personally. That's an interesting point. <clears throat> I would have considered him maybe two weeks ago, but the injury kind of scared me off. I do not have Justin Fields at 10, and I don't think I'd have him. I didn't go any further than 10, but I don't think I'd have him at 11 or 12. I think he's somewhere in like 13 to 15 range for me. So I'm going to disagree, but I wonder who uh, who Mason has. I'll, I'll just tell you who I have. I'll, I'll eliminate suspense here. Trevor Lawrence. I think I'll, I'll put him at 10. I He has had three really great weeks in a row where he's really put it all together. He hasn't missed the throws that he was missing earlier in the season. And he just put together his first kind of quote-unquote signature win as a starting quarterback. So I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence. What What about you? Mason? I actually also went Trevor Lawrence. Okay. In the number 10 spot. Great. So I think uh, we have we have Trevor Lawrence as our 10. Yeah. I will, if you'd like, I will do some points as we go along. And I go keep ahead. keep track here. All right. Yes. Oh, yeah. If you want to keep track, that'd actually be great. Yeah, I got you. 10 is Trevor Lawrence. All right. So, Bradford, did you have Trevor Lawrence on your list? No. Lawrence is my 11th, actually, in my my head conceptually. Gotcha. So, what what more do you need to see to maybe bump him up one more spot? Justin Fields struggles <laughs> like he'll 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 be up there i was just i was just putting justin fields above him i i considered trevor i put justin fields above him because trevor Lawrence has been very solid justin fields has been genuinely breathtaking at points right and it's like i just i guess maybe i was i i'm i'm uh blind to the wow factor a little bit there and i have no doubt that trevor could very easily work his way up this list past this, him i just wanted to give justin some credit for how incredible he's been you know i i guess but yeah i mean you can even look back to that falcons game and say he hasn't really won though like he's one of the worst defenses in the nfl right I, but that that wasn't the case in that atlanta game he had the ball down late that was a definitive answer for him to go say all right i'm gonna go win this football game like to me, that's the one thing missing from this Justin Fields season. I want to see him win one or two of these tight games. I get that you can keep that the defense is bad and he's gonna have to keep them in it. But one of these times, I just like to see him step up a little bit. That for me is the mental block that's keeping me from keeping him putting him in this top 10 conversation. Whereas I have seen Trevor Lawrence. The Ravens pu- game pushed me there because he did get that win. He showed he could win in the clutch. I'm just saying, Justin Fields has six career wins. Trevor has seven. Trevor's played significantly more games. If you want to come down to the winning argument, you know, I mean, I feel I like to avoid any time that Urban was there. I like That's to just true. That is fair. Uh, no, Trevor at 10 is fair. I'm willing to concede him at 10 if it makes sense. Weren't him they fair, in but... the same draft class? Yeah. I don't think so. How how would he have way more games than Justin Fields? Because Fields has been injured. I guess. But... He missed some time last year, I'm pretty sure. And he missed some time okay. this year now. All right. Okay, let's move on to number nine. I'll, I'll, I'll submit my pick here. This was the guy I had the most trouble ranking. I think you could go way higher with him. But I couldn't, and this is what I hate. I, I, 
I have this problem. I think Bradford, you've probably picked up on this. So have you, Mason. I love to say this guy's playing like a top five quarterback. But the problem with that is there are only five top five quarterbacks. So once you say that about like four guys, it gets like really limiting. So I know earlier in this segment, and I'm trying to get better at this, I said this guy was playing near a top five level, but I just couldn't put him there. Nine to me is Joe Burrow. That's where I have Joe Burrow right now. I, I have Joe Burrow at nine. Because it's only I been disagree. three really stellar weeks. I disagree. I have him quite a bit higher as well. I have him yeah. quite a bit higher as well. Okay. And you're calling me the Bengals hater. Wait, wait till <laughs> YB hears about this, man. Listen, wow. I, I, I have no qualms with pushing him higher, but the guys I have higher, I just believe I would take over Joe Burrow right now. So who, who do you have at nine, Mason? Uh, I have uh, Dak Prescott sitting at mm. nine right now. I I think, you know, he's put together some good tape the past couple of weeks here now. And so, you know, he's got those highs, you know, they're there. And so if he can just keep stringing those together, I think he's really solid. Okay. What about you, Bradford? I have a feeling my number nine may be a little unpopular uh, um, among this group. My number nine is a, uh, Kirko himself, Kirk Cousins, okay. number nine. He deserves some more respect for how he, he was. My, he was my eleven, so I don't. I don't. I think Kirk has been me. as much as he maybe he's a bit of a, a Justin Jefferson uh, 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 insane catch merchant. Cousins a has the balls to throw it to him and has put together some really great performances this year. Like the Vikings have been bizarrely clutch, and Kirk's been a huge part of that. I think he has been. Uh, incredibly likable this year which is not an experience i've had with kirk cousins in the past but i found myself rooting for him at points just because i i he's he's kind of had like a warrior's mentality about him and he's been passing the ball really well so respect to kirk cousins he's my number nine so i i think kirk cousins at nine is fair for for our overall list i have kirk cousins at eight that's Oh, you have him at eight? Wow. I thought oh, I was okay. reaching. That's, that's where I have Kirk Cousins. I have Kirk Cousins at eight. I, I agree. I think he's had a really terrific season. Are we okay with making him the ninth? I feel like nine is like a perfect spot for him. Like not, not 10, not an afterthought, but just a little bit better than being that 10th guy who's kind of a floater. No arguments for me. I I wouldn't argue with that at all either. Okay. So Mason, let's go to eight then. Who do you have at eight? At eight uh, is another quarterback that we talked about a tiny bit earlier. It's Geno Smith. I think the dude's just been having an incredible year so far. I I have him considerably higher. I, I think I I I'll I'll be honest, and it and it might be history that colors me and and makes me incapable of putting him higher. It's just because there's so much bad that happened before this year. But I mean, he's I can't deny well, top ten he quarterback anymore. He's been for crazy. most of his career. Yeah, I wouldn't I say mean, bad. I would never characterize Bradford. Let me ask you this: Maybe I my personal character- experience. The I would, games were bad. I would characterize maybe one of 
Geno Smith's Jets seasons as bad. The rest I would characterize as average to below average. I think that's for I would say he he was not a good quarterback at all for any of it. And then for me, where it gets interesting is his Seahawks tenure before this year is when I thought he was particularly solid. You know, and like maybe there was some of the signs there that we just ignored because we were so blind to the uh he who shall not be named uh trade that I uh I think that people didn't realize that he was actually pretty admirable in in relief of Russ last year. So I don't know. I I, I think I think that's a fair spot for Gino. Okay. Who do you have at eight? Okay, so my number eight and number seven are completely interchangeable. I think um, we can talk about number seven now too, because I don't feel comfortable putting Gino at eight. I feel comfortable putting him at seven. Because my my eight and seven that I would switch either way for me is I have right now, I have Justin Herbert at eight and I have Gino at seven, but you could tell me Herbert at seven and Gino at eight. And I wouldn't argue with you, but I, I, I personally just feel like a lot of Herbert struggles are not his fault this year. I mean, it's just been idiotic play calling. I don't know why they have this absolute specimen of a quarterback and they're being all dinky and dunky and, and all that. I, I don't think he's really had a fair shot to unleash what he's capable of here, but I, you could make the argument that Geno Smith has been better than him this year, although Herbert's definitely been hurt a lot more by the coaching. So seven and eight, whichever one, I, I would be comfortable. I would with. say Geno Smith's, and, and you know, I'm about to say some really shocking things to you, Bradford. One, I believe Geno Smith has been miles better than Justin Herbert this year. If you ask me to take one of the two to play with the rest of the year, I would easily take Geno Smith. It, 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 and you could say you're pairing him with any coach. I, I would take Geno Smith because he has just been that good. The other surprising, Justin Herbert didn't make my list. Like, I did not have him as really? a I have quarterback. Me, who's been mischaracterized as this Herbert hater across my tenure on this podcast, is the one that has him on the list when you don't? What about you, Mason? Where do you have Herbert? I have him at six, actually. Mm. Okay. Eric Jensen, Justin Herbert hater. And 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 I, I like my, my bottom five, I think are all pretty I mean, okay, not including Lawrence, are all kind of close to one another, where I'm not gonna quibble about them being interchanged with one another, but at six I have Herbert, seven I have Jackson, and then eight I have Gino. Okay. So we have Lawrence at ten. We have Kirk at nine. You guys both have Gino. So we have to go with consensus. So I have Gino at six. <coughs> but I can live with Gino at eight. I can make concessions. So let's put Gino at eight. And then let's talk about Dak Prescott. Because I have Dak at seven. That's where I have Dak. I have Dak at seven. I know that uh, Mason, you had him at eight, right? Uh, nine. Not nine. So, yep. so kind of around that range. Where do you have Dak Prescott, Bradford? Not listed on my top ten. Wow, I didn't put why, him there. Why, I've been why is very. That? He's put in a, a, a decent couple of weeks here, but I've been pretty disappointed with his performance. Honestly, I mean, missed throws, idiotic turnovers. I think he's. Hasn't been a problem for Dallas, but no, I've I've honestly been kind of underwhelmed. 
and maybe maybe a part of it's just a, a bias. My dad is a big Cowboys fan, and I always hear him ranting about <laughs> Dak Prescott. Maybe that's influenced me a bit. But in the Cowboys games I've watched, I haven't been blown away by his performance. I, I have to say. So I so, didn't rank it. To me, I feel like seven. We have a choice to make between who's on this list and who's off this list. And I think we have to go around. I think the choice clearly here is between Justin Herbert or Dak Prescott. Either Justin Herbert Herbert or Dak Prescott. I would go Dak. That's just my vote. I I feel like, Mason, you got to be the tiebreaker here. Oh, man. I think I'd like to see Dak there. Yeah, I, I just really think Dak's performing at a really high level right now and has just really great control of his offense. Whereas Herbert, you can point to the coaching, but like that Arizona game, sure, he had the few Justin Herbert throws where you're like, wow, what a great throw by Justin Herbert. But he was average and he took some bad sacks and he had some missed throws as well. Uh, to me, Herbert has not played like a top 10 quarterback over the last month. And I, I just would rather take Dak down the stretch than Herbert because I think Dak has a higher ceiling at this point for the rest of the year than than Herbert does. So read us our list so far, Mason. Uh, at 10, we've got Lawrence. Nine, Cousins. Eight, Smith. And seven, Prescott. Okay. Six, Bradford, you have the floor. My number six quarterback uh, on my list is Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. I have him at number six. Thought about having him higher, but I actually put Burrow above him because Burrow hasn't been – he's been in maybe a better offensive situation than than Lamar, but Lamar, uh, very little help, to be fair. But I think he's made some costly mistakes. For the Ravens and for as dominant as he's been at points, there's still a lot of really head scratching decisions there that to me put Lamar at six and Burrow at five. Okay. My biggest take, one of my bigger takeaways from this week was that what I I had previously thought that going into the week, Bradford. I was on the same page. He had three drop touchdowns, to be fair. This game. But, like, I agree. but then I watched the like I watched the highlights from the past three weeks because I wanted to just be educated on all this. He's been spectacular. They just have no weapons. Like mm-hmm. he he has made spectacular throws to limited wide receivers like Demarcus Robbins. That Deshaun Jackson pass, oh my God, did you guys see that? That thing went at least 64 air yards. That is a crazy throw, the kind of throw that we're flipping out about if Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes makes it, like, or Justin Herbert for that matter. I I wouldn't have a problem putting Herbert at six, but putting at Lamar Jackson at six, but I have him at five personally. I wonder where you have Lamar uh, Mason. Uh, I actually have him down at seven there. And, okay. and I, I mean, I'll agree. He has some really spectacular throws and uh, you know, it's not really fair to him how limited the team has been around him and stuff either, but it's hard when, you know, like you he, see a bad he, and, and he still is, he is the running game at this point. 
Like Gus Edwards yeah. has has not done what Gus Edwards was promised to do. And I don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to make that much of a difference. I, I think that Lamar is the running game. And I, I think that, that 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 factored into me putting him there. But because you have him low, I think it's only fair that we put him at six. So I let's, think that's pretty fair. Let's put Lamar at six. Okay, five. We've established Bradford has Joe Burrow at five. I have a very different quarterback at, at, at five as I peruse my sheet. Oh, never mind. I have Lamar Jackson at five, so that doesn't really matter. So, uh, Mason, at five, who do you have? I have uh, Tua, Tunga by Mola. Okay. <laughs> never going to get that name right. So I have two of four. Um, I, I I would have no qualms if we ended up putting him at five, but I think now the debate is sort of down to Burrow to a four or five. It is because I actually have Burrow four. So I think so, that's right where the debate is. So here's my argument for Tua. You can say all you want. He's got great coaching. He's got great weapons, but so does Josh Allen. So does Patrick Mahomes. It still takes a really skilled quarterback to go up there each week and basically put up 300 yards and two touchdowns at least, which is sort of the baseline to a stat line right now. Their offense has been unreal as far as efficiency numbers go. They are number one ranked in DVOA. They are the most efficient offense in the NFL, period, end of story. Every time they get the ball, they score. They hardly ever punt. Over the two weeks prior to the Texans game, I believe they punted twice in two games. That is just remarkable. To me, I, I just make the argument that he's higher than Burrow right now because Burrow, it does feel like the offense is like, patchwork a little bit it is just kind of the occasional prayer to t higgins and then some short passes here and there and and a little bit from samaj p rhyme whereas i feel like tua is really driving the dolphins offense so i i personally if, if i wonder if i've swayed either of you here but i i have two i'd have two at four and burrow at five so in fairness to Burrow, he doesn't have the cheat codes, Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill running routes on the outside and making being 20 yards downfield about a second after the snap either. But I, I, I wouldn't have too much of an argument with either configuration of them either. I originally have had two at four. He's at four on my so, list. So, I mean, you both have him at four then. So I, I think that's it's probably only right to go Burrow to a. My okay. my thoughts with Tua is, I mean, a Dolphins fans are underrated, super annoying. Like, what an annoying fan base! Like, so I am so tired of them. They're actually so dumb. Like, it. Listen, Tua has been playing excellent. He's looking like Drew Brees out there, and you know, it takes a good quarterback to make something out of the weapons. But wow, they're acting like he's running away with the MVP. Let's yeah. let's relax. All right. To Let me, me see Tua. Tua is incredibly accurate he makes these really nice quick floaty like uh passes within 20 yards that are really fun to watch and he's he's the engine of this incredible offense i have yet to see a tua throw that makes me go <gasps> you know like he is tua is very accurate 
and all this, but I mean, this is a guy with a long history of middling to bad performances and him magically becoming so much better when they add these elite weapons is a case against him a little bit, I think. I mean, you play in the offense that you're in, but like Tua has been very good this year, especially like when he hasn't been like dying. You know, he's been he's been really good and I, I think earns the number four. But wow, Dolphins fans, give yourself a reality check. Like you guys need to check your egos just a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of cheering for the Bills to absolutely curb stomp them whenever they come across each other next. Like, they, to me, they're starting to piss me off a little bit. To me, he he's he's tier two right now. He's he's still tier two. He's not quite a tier one yet. I'll, I'll put him there, and I'll be where Dolphins fans are. I, I still need the playoff stuff. Like, that, to me, when evaluating quarterbacks, still matters to me so much. Can he win in the playoffs? If he somehow pulls an upset against the Bills or the Chiefs and somehow the Dolphins end up in the semifinals, then yes, I think you have a case to be made that he is one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. But I don't I don't see that right now, and I can't put him. I, I think where he's at right now is his absolute ceiling for right now. He has to win in the playoffs before he can progress any further to me. Um that that's just kind of the way I feel about him. So let let's read our list so far from top to bottom here, Mason. So start at ten. We've got Lawrence, Cousins, Smith. And then seven is Prescott. Six we have Lamar Jackson. Five Joe Burrow, and rounding out with four is Tua. Number yeah. three, three. Let's just kill all suspense. We all have Patrick Mahomes number one, right? I think that's fair enough to just throw him on there. I mean, it it really can't be disputed at this point. Bradford, here's my exciting Chiefs news for you. Uh, I have a friend, Utah. I don't know if you know that. That's the school I cheer for in in college sports. They're going to the Pac-12 championship. That Pac-12 championship is being played in Las Vegas. I have sent a friend with an instruction to buy a Chiefs future. I am buying a Chiefs future. It just has never been clear to me in my mind's eye. They are winning the Super Bowl this year. And nothing is going to stop them. Not even Melvin Gordon. They are an <laughs> unstoppable force. The defense is so good right now. The defense is playing unreal football and I think that's heavily underrated Isaiah Pacheco just came off his best performance of the year against the Rams if they truly get that running game going and I know we've been flirting saying oh they have a running game all year have they really I don't think it's been as good as it can be I think if Pacheco really gets going and they have a run game that opens up a play action game and then you can take the vertical shots and and then it's lights out then no one can stop you and you accuse me of making it a chiefs podcast yeah no you know i agree with what you're saying i mean i mean i mean i i I, i'm uncomfortable with this yeah you know i i just have to give them their flowers i mean i i i i don't like how much we talk about them on this podcast because bradford is a chiefs fan but i'm sure he doesn't like how much we talk about the broncos on this oh i love how much we talk about the broncos i I, I want to make that incredibly clear the more we talk about the broncos i i actually the joy that you are losing is being siphoned uh, Dementor style out of your soul into my body. I, I want to make that incredibly clear. The, the Chiefs 
generally have me annoyed and i've just <laughs> decided i'm done with that like i'm just going to enjoy beauty they they are a beautiful football team they are the perfect offense they are a great defense they are a good running game they are arguably the best quarterback of all time they are the best tight end of all time they they are perfection they they cannot be touched and they are my super bowl pick and will remain my super bowl pick until someone beats them so to spoil a lot of our playoff episodes and a, a lot down the stretch, I'm just going to continue picking the Chiefs. And I'm going to need you to hold me to that, Bradford, because I'll get sucked in. It, it, it Maybe they'll lose to the Bengals next week, and I'll say, hey, look out for the Bengals. Don't let me do that. They, I am not picking the Chiefs until they lo- against the Chiefs until they lose. I Patrick Mahomes has the Tom Brady role. I picked against Patrick Mahomes last year. That was a mistake. I'm I mean, not picking against them this year. I, 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 All right, I under- Mason. Do you really, you really want to go there, buddy? Is this really? I, I under- is this really a hill that you I understand they lost to the, to the Bengals. <laughs> just, but, just saying. But I'm willing to die with Patrick Mahomes. That's that's where I, I'm at, and he's I just that. he's just honestly God, that'll be more delicious. He's, than the honestly, championship. he's he's just honestly the most likable quarterback in the NFL. I mean, but but quotes. He, the quotes he has, I mean, him and Allen, man. It's, the 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 only reason I will allow that is because Ryan Fitzpatrick has retired. That is the fair. only reason I will allow that. I mean, I, I'm a sucker for Peyton Manning clones in press conferences, and Patrick Mahomes is a Peyton Manning clone in press conferences, and th- you know that, that just he said we have a lot to get better at this week. And that includes me. And I mean, just that level of something about that. Just then you should watch Josh Allen's press conference. He's, him and it's Allen true. are both some of the most humble. Like it's funny to me that maybe maybe Allen won't be as high as he probably should be on on some of these lists here. But like to me, they are like these absolute demigods of football right now. And they're both like the most humble guys. You have Zach Wilson not taking blame <laughs> for having minus two yards and a half. Meanwhile, Mahomes and Allen every week. Put up superhuman stat lines. They're like, yeah, we really let the team down with that dumbass interception we threw while throwing for seven thousand and five yards and twenty four touchdowns. Like, come on, guys. Like, it, they they are incredibly likable. And I, you know, what, Eric, I appreciate as someone who is a, a, a Mariners fan and has suffered under the reign of the Houston Astros. I understand the pain of having to submit to a team in the division and it takes a big man to do that. And so I, I think higher of you as a person. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just the chiefs. All right. Let's get it's to fun the fun. Found a new way to disappoint himself at the end of the year. Let's. <laughs> that's, that's funny. And I just want to say as well, hopefully, I, I, I like that mom's management, hopefully not off the field as much. Manning did some suspicious stuff. I just want to throw that out there. You know, everybody acts like Manning is oh some patron God. saint of football. Hopefully Uh-oh. Mahomes is a little cleaner off the gridiron. It's just, just something I want to throw out there. Anyway. Where are we, where are we talking about there? The, the Tennessee moment or, or HGH? I mean, it, it, there's only really two things you can point to. I, and, I, and this isn't a paid Manning podcast, but I'll defend that man to the depth. He's on my fucking wall. Like, uh, you know, you know. What he, he he had a bad he made a poor decision as a young man in college and his wife yeah. got human growth hormone are we really gonna hold that against him I mean come on so so well, I respect good. I respect it number three number still, three still still pretty good guy okay so here's the great debate 
Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen? I argue it's as close as it's ever been. I still have Josh Allen at two because of playoff stuff, and and that does come into to factor here. But I mean, Jalen Hurts almost beat the rushing record on Sunday Night Football for a quarterback, and he threw three dime touchdowns. Like that's the argument for Allen is. Oh, he can run too. Well, I, I would argue Jalen Hurts is a better runner than Josh Allen. He's the best runner in of all the quarterbacks. I would rank it Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and then Patrick Mahomes four. But I don't know. It's really, really tight. Is it tight for you too, Bradford? It is. I struggle with it a lot. I think the thing that makes me want to give Jalen Hurts the edge right now for number two is just he hasn't been making the same like mistakes that are really hurting the team right now. Even though I I mean Allen is still I mean like uh, Allen is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. We all know that, but I feel like it's just some of the mistakes that he's been making makes me want to give it to Hurts, who's just been a little cleaner. But I would not argue a, 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 a Josh Allen at number two scenario just because, I mean, he's just a, he's a monster. I can definitely understand where you're coming from with that, too, because, like, a lot of those interceptions and stuff, man, they're just boneheaded plays. Like, what? I, you know, I it, it's been a while since I found myself screaming at the TV and going, like, why are you doing that? And uh, it, it's been abating itself over the past couple of weeks, but it would be nice to see it gone altogether again with, you know, playoff Josh Allen. But Hertz has been absolutely incredible. And, and I, you know, as the homer in me put Allen in, at two, um, you know, I, I have a hard time really giving too much crap to anybody who would put Hertz at two just because he has been playing some just outstanding football. And I, I think you're absolutely right about the rushing, that, that he probably is the best rushing quarterback in the league right now. He's just on another level with what he's been doing out on the field right now. And it's not like they don't know about it anymore. It's not like he showed up mid-year and is carving up some defenses because they don't have enough game tape on him and they are trying to defend some other stuff. They know he's coming. And yet he's still just making people look silly. Yeah, I I had Allen at two, but I'm gonna flip him last second. I I do think we should go Jalen Hurts two, Josh Allen three. That's that's. I, I, it hurts my heart, but the argument hasn't been good. <laughs> with with the exception that this is what happens, and by the way, it starts this week because it's always the Patriots. Oh yeah. End oh, of it's the, gonna be good. At end of a season, Josh Allen just takes control of an offense in a way no other quarterback in the NFL can. Are you ready to see a team not be able to get a defensive stop for three games in a row? I, I would argue. Like, I know I heaped all that praise on Patrick Mahomes, but if we're talking just like pure command of like, he just knows where the ball needs to go. There's no improvisation. There's no 
read it's just you get the ball you know exactly where to put it Josh Allen is unmatched in that foray and I think we're about two weeks away from that and at that point it gets to be oh yeah we are just heading towards Bill's Chiefs in the AFC championship we are it's because it's it's the unstoppable forces against each other. Like for as all, all the praises I just sent to the Chiefs, the Bills are three weeks away from being the perfect offense in the NFL. Like they just are. And once the know, defense gets healthy, I think that's been the bigger issue for a lot of the year. Is fifty yeah. percent of our defense has been on Hogan, IR. Rain Bomb Miller is okay. I mean, he he put out that Instagram today that said two weeks. And I mean, we're all taking it as gospel, and I don't know that that's fair, but here's hoping. Just keep him out till the playoffs. Just ride the rest away without him. Keep it, bring I, him back I, for the playoffs. I wouldn't be that upset about that, honestly. As long as they had, you know, like Rousseau back and Edmonds, where the defense was a little more stout. Just, man, so many starters have been riding the bench for injuries. Yeah. Been devastating. Anyway, not defense talk, quarterback talk. So I think that's totally fair, though. Hurts two, Allen three, and that finalizes okay. the list. One to ten, give it to us. One to ten. One at the top, as we all knew he would be. Patrick Mahomes, unfortunately, reigning jerk of the best football throwers of the world. He's not a jerk. I just uh, ruins my life. <laughs> Number two, we've got Jalen Hurts. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Tua. Number five, Joe Burrow. Number six, Lamar Jackson. Number seven, we've got Dak Prescott. Number eight, Geno Smith. Number nine, Bling, Kirk Cousins. And number 10, with his golden locks, we have Trevor Lawrence. It's a pretty good list. That's That's a pretty good good list. I would say that's a pretty solid list that we came up with. We covered a lot of NFL topics. We did the damn thing. And boys, now we ride off into sunset. I'm going to go see Utah basketball play number 14 Arizona on Thursday night. But I need to set up prime video on my phone because uh, I, I definitely want to keep an eye on this Thursday night game. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I think you got to relish the moments you can to watch uh, Josh Allen in prime time. All right, that's it. We will see you all. Probably no preview show this week. We will see you all next week. Enjoy the week of football ahead. Let's just briefly touch on a few big games, some to watch. Let's just go. We don't have to talk about them forever, but let me just throw out a few because this this week's slate's pretty good. Uh, Chargers, Raiders. Raiders suddenly look half alive and the Chargers are a little bit spicy. That could be a shootout. Buffalo, New England on Thursday night, as previously mentioned. Jacksonville, Detroit, kind of a who's next full. Interesting setup there. That's a, a very good one. The Jets and the Vikings. Vikings with a Lions loss can clinch the division, be the first side to clinch a division this year. That would be very impressive by them. Washington, New York Giants, the football team and the Giants. This feels like, it feels to me like only three NFC East teams are making the playoffs. And this feels like the game to determine who the third is. 
uh, because I, I don't think both these teams make the playoffs. I think whoever wins this one has a massive capper seat. That's a huge game. Tennessee, Philadelphia, AJ Brown revenge game. Oh, and we're not mentioning arguably one of the biggest stories in the league this week. Deshaun Watson returns from suspension. He plays the Houston Texans. Bradford just grimaced. Yes, we, we know it's notably he did not make the top 10 quarterbacks list. I, let me just have a take here. I'm not so sure that's like on the field going to work out early. I think he might struggle a little bit. This is a guy that before the suspension hadn't played like a year and a half. Like this is a guy we have not seen on the football field for nearly two years. Like what are we getting? It's kind of a big mystery. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on it. Do you think the environment's going to get to him? In some respects, like he is, there is going to be tens of thousands of people chanting, "One, you sick fuck!" Like it's going to be. I kind of disagree. I I disagree with that because a it's Houston, and I really don't think Houston Texans fans are going to turn on it. I I really don't. Yeah, they they hate him. They hate Deshaun, man. If you go to the Texans subreddit, they. Like, I mean, even outside of all the, they like, also the have no fans at this point in the season between after that, like, no, but this is the Texan Super Bowl. You're not going to pass on your Super Bowl. I guarantee you that place is going to be sold out with Texans fans for this game specifically to spurn the man who spurned them. They hated him before they knew about the allegations because he is the one thing that they had ever had and he was abandoning them. And then they find out he's this terrible monster I feel like I feel like you're underestimating the Texans fan base. This is their Super Bowl. I think they show up for it, and I think Watson is going to have himself a hard time uh, pulling off any audibles. Is all I'm saying. Like it's going to be it is going to be a nightmare environment. In in my opinion, an 11 a.m. game in Houston Texans who are one nine and one. I just have a hard time believing that. Like I'll believe it when I see it. Miami, San Francisco. What a game that's going to be. San Francisco. That's going to be amazing. What is San Francisco's defense is unreal right now. Like the best in the NFL, I would argue. Um, Kansas City, Cincinnati. And, and then that leaves the biggest question. How did we get Colts Cowboys on Sunday night? Like, come on, NFL. This is such Cowboys, a, they just this is such a great slate, and we're we have to watch the Colts on primetime. What? And the Bucks, like, come on, NFL, wake up. But I would argue this is one of the best lights of the year. This is a great, this is a great NFL Sunday coming up. I'm I'm really excited for it. And I can't wait to talk to, I hope, both of you again next week. I I think this is a, a fun little group, and I think we should keep hanging out until the until we get through the rest of the season. I do As request we- that we we for Chiefs Bengals. I want I want YB on here. If possible, uh, it's gonna be very be difficult. I know because he lives in a fake time zone, but it would be nice. <laughs> That's be gonna nice. be very, very difficult because I might I be starting a new venture next week where I'm Mason, not available in the days anymore. So I cannot even be begin tough. to tell you how convenient it is that somehow, through a twist of geographical fate, Eric and I are in the same time zone. Like, yeah, it is absolute money, man. It makes it's life so much easier. It's absolutely beautiful. I absolutely love it. It's, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a tremendous setup. All right. We'll see you all next week. Enjoy a tremendous 
football Sunday. I will say this will be the best football Sunday of the year, guaranteed. What a great time. Just don't watch Broncos. Let's ride. Let's ride, boys. We will see you all next time. Peace out.